I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word. Victory. Victory in spite of all terror. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Other Club with Mike and Tim. Uh, to those who know us, that is the King of Nuance and Mr. Thick. Cheers. It is a privilege once again to have you with us uh, in the other club. It is Wednesday, and so we are coming to you once again from the heart of the other club, our prestigious new political dining club founded in the spirit of Winston Churchill and his what we might call outsider views. And so uh, we are really thankful that you're with us. Uh, we'd invite you to check out our Rumble channel. That's, of course, Liberty Coalition Canada. You can subscribe there to this feed, to the other club. And we are also on YouTube again, are we not, Michael? Which is sort of a, a, a renaissance. Uh, we were booted off there a couple of years ago, but we, we're making a comeback on YouTube. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Liberty Coalition Canada. And uh, don't forget to check out the website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. And there you can donate to our uh, legal defense fund. You can donate to our activism and that. And you can also go to our shows page and donate through uh, through that as well to support our analysis and news coverage. So, uh, Mike, it's good to be with you again. You're looking fine and relaxed with your um, foliage behind you. So thanks for, for being together again for the other club. Yeah, Tim, I look forward to this every time uh, we, we shoot during the week. I know that we've already had some great listener feedback. Uh, happy to have you and I producing something once a week. And so, again, just a shout out to the job that Andrew and Matthew are doing over at Liberty Dispatch. We are so thankful. I was just on the phone with Andrew this morning and you know, they're on top of everyday stories and that's exactly what dispatch needs to be. And so folks, listen to the Liberty Dispatch, get your news there. I know that the guys are going to be amping up their efforts in the coming weeks and months. And it's just great to be with you, Tim. And I love it how we're kind of picking one topic and going at it. So what do you have for us on the table today? What, what, what type of meat are we going to be partaking of, cutting up and slicing and devouring? What thoughts well, of meat? This is the type of meat where there's a lot of meat and then there's going to be a lot of bones to spit out. And I just want to take us to, you know, there's a lot I want to talk about with the other club. Um, we want to talk about a lot of thematic um, and big structural and thematic issues. Um, and I think that sometimes we can we can tackle them through a specific vector, like a specific event that takes place in our week. Uh, because obviously you and I are both watching the news and, and I think everybody has taken a, a keener and more acute interest in the development of news and politics in the last three years. So that is a great launch point. And I just want to take you to um, the Conservative Party of Canada's statement. Uh, well, not the party statement, but a statement from three MPs within the party from February 23rd, uh, which reads, Dean Allison, the Member of Parliament for Niagara West, uh, Glanbrook, Colin Carey, the MP for Oshawa, and Leslin Lewis, the Member of Parliament for Haldeman Northfolk, released the following statement. It is, of course, not uncommon for Members of Parliament to meet with visiting elected officials from other countries. During a visit, during a visit we recently met with an elected representative of the European Parliament, while she was in Canada. She's not named in this statement, but it's Christine Anderson of the European Union Parliament. We were not aware of the views uh, or associations of her and her political party. We do not share or endorse her views and strongly condemn any views that are racist or hateful. And so that's the end of the statement. They're, they're walking back. They met with Christine Anderson that week um, for dinner. They had photos and you know, probably a lot of lively political discourse, much like we like to have. Uh, but if uh, I heard of Christine Anderson first from her speeches that took place in the European Parliament uh, in Brussels, Belgium, and uh, this is one of her, her doozies, one of her juicy ones, where she stood up to address our very own prime minister. A prime minister who openly admires the Chinese basic dictatorship, who tramples on the fundamental rights on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists because they dared 
stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house at all. Mr. Trudeau, you are a disgrace to any form of democracy. Please spare us your presence. Uh, so that was from early 2022. I think we did a dispatch episode on that um, where it was n- nice to see some public criticism of Trudeau. And this early 2022 was among the worst um, of what we saw from him as the COVID era um, unfolded. So that was one of those refreshing things that we get to see from an, a, a European country, no less, you know, very liberal, very um, socialist in many ways. And yet her ability to pinpoint his, um, his faults and his hypocrisy was refreshing. And so, uh, so these MPs met with her. This is the Conservative Party of Canada. And of course, once, every, once the photos came out and everybody found out, um, the immediate reaction from Pierre Polyev was to utterly disassociate himself and his party from anything that would remotely represent endorsement or even entertainment of her views. So Polyev put out a statement that said, Christine Anderson's views are vile and have no place in our politics. Frankly, and this, listen, this is coming from a Canadian. It would be, it would have been better if Anderson had never visited Canada in the first place. She and her racist, hateful views are not welcome here. Um, I'm snickering and, and, and trying not to laugh through that. Um, because I'm always amazed at what draws the, the harshest words from Canadians. It tells you a lot about where their priorities are. So I'm going to, I'm going to sort of take a breath here. Um, this is just setting up the situation. Polyev, um, issues this biting and scathing rebuke of Christine Anderson interviews. And of course her, his own MPs, they say that they had no idea any of her views and everybody's apologizing that this woman even exists. Um, of course, except Maxine Bernier, who went and did a photo shoot with her after just just to drive the dagger in a little bit. Um, but I, before I hand it over to you, Mike, I would just say these conservative MPs were meeting with her because of her conservative um, uh, bona fides. They were meeting with her because she was known to speak out as a conservative against the principles of Trudeau and the liberals. So to put a statement out saying we had no idea who she was or what her views were is is laughable. Uh, you, the reason that they met with her was because they knew uh, what she believed. And so we're going to unpack how we feel about that. But I'm going to take a breath there and sort of let you jump in uh, to this sort of mini circus um, that's all too common from Canadian politicians. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is opportunism and than retreatism. So opportunism is when somebody sees it's what, you know, it's what Pierre Polyev did about the trucker convoy. We wasn't involved in any way, didn't show up on a daily basis. That's where Maxime Bernier and where uh, Randy Hillier were much more uh, sincerely involved, actually on the ground serving with people. Polyev shows up for uh, a photo op. And sometimes opportunism bites you. And so you think, oh, I'll go get a photo op with Christine Anderson and all my conservative party friends will be happy with me because she was so publicly uh, against Trudeau. And, and so you go, you do, the, you do the photo op. And then you take heat for who you associate with, which then leads to retreatism. Um, I want to go out on a limb here and I'm like, if you read her bio on Wikipedia, it says that she is a member of the alternative for Germany. And Anderson has been described as a supporter of the anti-jihad and anti-extremist Pegida movement. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm, I think anti-jihad and anti-extremists uh, should be 
um, people that we associate with. So, so someone who is saying we, we do not want Germany to have to deal with um, Islamic warfare uh, in its own borders. And, and this is where people need to understand what's going on in Germany right now. Of course, with, with the war in the Middle East and with, uh, with the, the, the Muslim Brotherhood and uh, all that's going on with the Taliban, you have, I, I believe the last numbers were in the area of a million immigrants coming across uh, borders into Germany in recent years. This was all in the news prior to COVID. And so you have the landscape. It's, it's like, it's like the Mexican border with the U S you have uh, a country being changed by mass illegal immigration, immigration, legal and illegal, let's say. And you have then people in that country, uh, you know, I remember a story of a woman being raped by uh, in a crowd. I, I, I remember all of these things in the German news where now you have a political party that is saying we need to resist this. And of course, this that, that, that plays into the leftist narrative that says if you criticize anyone's behavior, like their acts of war, if you criticize anyone's um, religion – at all, you're um, a racist bigot. You're 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 a far right individual. So look, I don't know Christine Anderson very well. What she said of Justin Trudeau was accurate of what he was doing at the time. And if you looked at his response to her words, his smug, uh, like almost distanced from the room response, um, you know she was hitting a vein. So then, of course, it would make sense that conservative MPs would want to get close to her. But here's what's happening in Canadian politics. Nobody is willing to own their, their, their co-belligerents with the exception of guys like Bernier. Nobody is really willing to own, hey, yeah, like, yeah, she's anti-jihad. Yes, yeah, so am I. What about all the Muslim voter bloc? Well, that is a very sincere question that must be answered before – Canada becomes a Muslim country in the next 30 years. Do, do, do we want the Muslim worldview to prevail in the country is a sincere question of the citizenry. But they're not allowed to ask that question because politicians are so quick to take opportunities and then retreat when they're distant. And, and it leads to – um, it leads to the root of the problem. You've talked, we've talked about a hundred times, Tim, is who is uh, Pierre Polyev? Like, who is he? What does he believe? What's his, what's his, what's his ideology? What, what does he believe about immigration? Um, you know, Andrew tends to say things kind of with a pretty intensity. Like I know Andrew like calls him a snake that can't be trusted. He's really concerned about him. And this would be a situation where, you know, if I, if you had, if you had just put that quote it without, without, without referencing Polyev, like that would have been like a, a leftist quote views are vile and have no place in our politics. Well, which views? Like, like which views? Like, she doesn't like Muslim all the Muslim immigration into Germany. Is that a is that a problem? Does she not like Muslim extremists entering her country illegally? Like, what views? And so they get to make these big general throw mud at the wall and hope something sticks in order to cover their own butts. And so I'm going to now take a breath, let you in, but I want to share with you some scriptures about this idea of opportunism and then retreatism. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, you actually brought a lot of good stuff in there, Mike, and it is, it's always helpful to reference pre COVID. Um, it's like most of us like woke up for the first time in COVID and we actually don't remember much about culture or life prior to 20, 2020. Uh, so that's a helpful, it's a helpful reference for us. We look at, that's one of the reasons why um, Brexit took place. Okay. Is immigration quotas because the European union actually controls and determines how many uh, immigrants that you must take in. 
And England is a place where Muslim extremism has has become so destructive. They've got Sharia law courts set up in places like Manchester, in parts of the cities where um, British law enforcement will, will no longer um, enforce English English law. Okay, so so you're literally setting up parallel cultures that are in conflict with one another that hold to different uh, judicial standards and much different um, fi- family dynamics. We know that in in um, in Islam, in devout Islam, you've got a, a shame culture where violence is permitted against women who um, bring whatever form of shame they um, that they perceive upon fathers and upon men. And so this is all, and, and you see actually large scale um, street wars breaking out in these places between groups of Muslims and, and, and whites and non-whites. And there's lots of violent clashes now because what you're finding out is people, when people actually believe in their culture, um, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, multi-eyes very smoothly, right? They, they, they're much more like oil and water than, you know, Pierre Trudeau would have you believe when it, when we talk about idealizing multiculturalism. So this is where Brexit came from, partially. It was it was a was a, a reassertment of self determination that we're we're no longer going to be told by an elite um, governing body what we do within our borders. And of course, this is taking place. Um, among those in Canada who would who would take a critical view of immigration, who would take a critical view of supporting foreign wars like Ukraine and Russia, um, those who would take a critical view at a, a global cooperation that usurps or undermines um, a more local democracy. But when I say local, I just mean national, where you put your nation's interests first. And of course, this is how Donald Trump became um, the man that he was. He literally said, America first. Okay, that'll be his slogan, I think, again in 2024. Um, but th- there are sentiments all over the West that echo and hold to the views that Christine Anderson is talking about. And just to bring it back to the specifics, when Pierre Polyev says her views are vile, what would be the contrast to that? So none of them even bothered to let us know what those vile views were. Nobody cited them and said, this is specifically why we have to disassociate with um, Christine Anderson. Um, You know, the, the, um, the Dilbert comic guy who just got canceled from every major um, news outlet because he did a video um, that many call racist. And I watched it and I said, okay, he's got some specific views in here that I can see being a, just that I would, that I would specifically say, I have, I want no part in those sentiments, but they didn't do that with Christine Anderson. It's just her views are racist. They're vile and they have no place in Canadian politics. But again, if, if we had to go do the homework and say, okay, well, her party is anti um, mass Muslim immigration, then what would be the contrast to that? This is where we need p- to push people on their ideas. What is Polyev's alternative? Should, should, we, should we be unconcerned about mass cultural changes taking place with unchecked immigration from other religions and other parts of the world that do not share our, um, our value upon justice, upon liberty of the individual, upon free speech? Okay, we had remember remember when the Muslim um, that Muslim group attacked uh, the Charlie Hebdo cartoon um, uh, production in in France ten years ago or whatever it was. I mean, free speech is not valued. There are sacrosanct things that you will that you will face retribution if you speak against in the Muslim worldview. So, what is Polyev's alternative? What are his views in contrast to hers that do uphold Canadian, true Canadian values? And if you want to find out what those are, go watch Antichrist in His Ruin, okay? Because that actually outlines Canada's founding um, heritage and, and how we got where we are. So what does he propose? And this is where we, we rarely get an answer because we get little more than platitudes or snippets that would say, you know, we value all cultures. Well, what does that mean in a policy? 
Does that mean the borders are open? Does that mean they're closed? Does that mean we vet people for cultural engagement and synthesis? What do we do? We rarely get answers on those things because they often leave those to bureaucrats who are unelected to basically manage the status quo. And again, the Canadian people get left behind in all of this. And all we see is the silly show, but we never get concrete policy answers and, and, and so forth. So I'd, I'd love to hear where you're going to bring the scriptures into this, Mike, and kind of build this out a little bit more. So you progress there in your thought from the asking the question, what is his alternative? And then you skipped to the policies that come about, come about with bureaucrats. I, I, I would like to maybe interact in between that in, in in a section where if you were to say, well, what is the alternative? And you, and you presented you presented the likely alternative, which is the promotion of all cultures. And I want to talk a little bit about that so people can hear that clearly. Um, when you promote everything, you promote nothing. When you promote all religions, what you're really doing is promoting none of them. Now, what what does it look like for a person to produce or to promote no religion? We're likely then dealing with someone who would be promoting secularism, where a very naturalistic evolutionary uh, human-centered yet human-progressing worldview that is l without definition um, because secular secularism always leads to the building of a group of individuals who will decide for you. Now, Again, we're trying to help Christians and, and non-Christians think through this. We're trying to help everyone think through this. I am – when you look at, a, at, at, at a, any politician, they are in the business to lead people. They're, they're in the business to govern. They're in the business to influence. And so when I say secularism leads to a bigger government, that – has to therefore redefine itself again and again and again. I'm not saying that having a, a unified worldview like the basis of, of the country on Christianity does not have that same infrastructure. That's why government's there. Infrastructure is good. God talks about that in scripture. But what people really need to hear is that when, when these – Canadian politicians promote all things. They're really secretly promoting nothing, which means that they're secretly assuming we're all wrong. There's nothing worthy of discourse, but what is worthy is a government who can control you. The problem is that the government who can control you still has to reach back somewhere for its ideological, philosophical, and policy uh, uh, foundations. And so, when all you know, yeah, we've heard we've heard Trudeau say it a hundred thousand times. It just almost makes me puke every single time I hear him say it. You know, Canadian values. Even when you say it, Tim, I get triggered. There are no Canadian values. There were historic Christian values embedded in the nation of Canada that had a level of religious freedom for other worldviews, but assumed and operated that the Christian worldview was permitting individuals to wrestle with the existence of God for themselves, but not assuming that on uh, on a base note everything is the same. So your 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 question is really well poised Tim. The question is is what is the alternative and what people need to listen about is multiculturalism is actually the promotion of nothing other than secularism. And secularism is 
self-serving for the ruling class. And what they don't really understand is then the greatest influencers at that point then become your, your lobby groups and the greatest influence when the citizenry does not have a worldview, it is simply lobby groups and elitists. And guess who's really good at lobbying? And maybe why Christine Anderson might be concerned about Islam, because Muslims are fantastic at creating, just going into a leftist country where they know full well exactly their plan of attack. They play the victim right up until they can be uh, in, in control. And so we've already seen this in the United States where um, in, in one of the northern states, we have a, a, one of the northern states, there's a city where animal sacrifice is now permitted in the United States because of a Muslim majority council. So, folks, it is about worldview. It's always about worldview, which, by the way, again, leads you back to this. Is Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords through whom you may receive mercy from God because of his death and resurrection, but to whom you will give account when he returns to judge the living and the dead? And are you willing to follow him and convert other people to faith in Christ? There is no multicultural worldview. If you're out there as a Christian saying all views are equal, you're not a Christian. And if you're a Christian who is thinking, well, I know my view is right, but it's arrogant and prideful for me to try to teach other people the law of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord and to convert them from believing in jihad to Christ – you have greatly misunderstood and undervalued the goodness of Christ where he says, I've come to give them life and to give them life abundantly. The opposite of life is death. Back to you. So before the, everyone rushes up in the altar call, I'm going to pull what you just said, and I want to pull this back down into the details of the everyday discourse that we have to wrestle with. And we have to interact with. And if you're an MP, you, you're you actually high re, highly responsible for this dialogue and for this discourse that goes on on a public stage. So I just want to talk for a minute about this dissociation thing. I want to read another statement for you from uh, one of the MPs who met with Christine Anderson, uh, Colin Carey, who wrote, he tweeted out, I profoundly regret attending a meeting without having sought the input of my staff and without having undertaken a fulsome vetting of the individuals or organizations with whom I was meeting, which is my usual practice, I, I alone own this mistake. I will do better. So there's this uh, reverse at 60 miles an hour from, from Colin Carey here. Just full-blown slam the brakes on, jam it in reverse, and hightail the other way as fast as can be done. I, I profoundly regret the meeting. There, were, I, there was nothing of value that I took from the meeting. There was nothing to be learned from it. There was nothing to, uh, to glean or incorporate into my worldview. I just full-blown wish I hadn't gone. It's like somebody getting caught uh, you know, in the adult section at the video store. It's like, hands up. It was a total and utter mistake, and I fully own it, and I'll never do it again. So there's this unapologetic... Sorry, there's this unrestrained <laughs> apology uh, for this action from, from, these, from these MPs. And what I want to address and what I want to confront here is the lack of courage to interact with an idea. There is a lack of courage to actually interact with an idea on a substantive level. Christine Anderson, why did they meet with her? I mean, there could be a hundred different reasons, but she's a member of the European uh, Union Parliament. I actually know somebody who went from Canada over to Europe during the summer, and one of the meetings that she was able to get was with Christine Anderson. So she's a known name among those who are of, of the liberty mindset, of the more conservative mindset, the restrained government mindset, what, whatever that spectrum is. 
she's a known figure. She's known material. Um, she's a known entity. She's a known product, if you want to put it in those terms. There, there's no reason to think that these MPs just took a random meeting with a random person, didn't know her name, and just, you know, just sat down. Like, that, that doesn't happen. These people are important. They have assistants who schedule their meetings. Um, Mike, if I so much as text you and say I'd like you to interview such and such, you're like, well, who are they? Where are they from? Like, I, I it just the, the slightest bit of investigation, you would know who it is and why you're meeting with them, even if you don't fully agree with all their views. And just so everybody hears, happened, have you not sat down? Really Sorry, clearly, the Tim, Tim was emphasizing the word, the slightest amount of research like that. He's saying, even if it was you, Mike, who typically does the slightest amount of research, even you would you know. Even you would know. Even, even you would know even even you mr <laughs> thick would have would would at least know you wouldn't be caught so i would have at least read wikipedia oh goodness right okay so you, you get the point right it, 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 it for this person to say oh my staff didn't vet them and i i didn't know who they were and it's just first of all it's a lie and i don't accept that from from elected politicians and second of all you have the resources and the platform to actually say, well, this is a great opportunity. I mean, why are you meeting with her if her ideas and her strategies are of no interest to you? They are of some interest to you, and they would probably be of some interest to many of your constituents. So when Warren Kinsella gets out there and, and, and shreds you for meeting with this far-right extremist who believes that jihad shouldn't take over the world, when Warren Kinsella calls you out in the Toronto Sun – your next move, Colin Carey and Leslin Lewis, is to say, hey, let's go rent the press room on Parliament Hill and let's have a joint press conference between us three MPs and we'll, and we'll field questions from every news media outlet on Christine Anderson and her views and why we met with her and we'll field any question and we'll answer them. That's what happens in a, in a society that values democratic debate. Or does it? No, and this, this is what everybody needs to listen to. You have to have conversation about specifics. So I don't know, Christine Anderson, do I agree with everything she's ever said? We're doing an entire podcast about this. I'll give you a great example of this. In the middle of the vaccine situation and the lockdowns, I'm on stage with Maxine Bernier and someone from the crowd started yelling out, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. Now, that was one of the most awkward moments of my entire life. As a pastor, um, I have rejected the idea of being able to abort a child utterly and specifically, and I will continue to do that, under the banner when people say, my body, my choice. It's, it's a ridiculous statement when you're talking about someone else's body, the little baby that you're about to cut up. It's a ridiculous statement on its face. But when we're talking about the context of vaccine choice, of whether or not I want to be forced vaccinated, and you and I were just talking about it, like on Saturday Night Live now, you, you know I've been asking for three years, where are the comedians? Like this is stand-up comedy gold. The fact that, you know, Fauci's out there and he's like, you got to get jabbed or stay at home. And like every person in the world is like, oh, yeah, like – like make him a god. The comedians dressed up in stuffed syringe costumes and literally seal clapped to the anthem of get vaccinated. I mean, they were it, they were useless. Where were they? Right. So 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 yeah. so now we have uh, we have Saturday Night Live. Finally, we're getting some jokes out of Woody Harrison and. It wasn't – they didn't even recognize it was a joke. My point is this. We are we, – we need to talk about specifics. It is okay for when we're standing beside someone, for someone to go, oh, wait a minute. Uh, you're a pastor and he's a politician. Do you agree with his stance on libertarianism? No, we were at a rally talking about lockdowns and I agree with him on his stance there. And 
A, B, C, D. And by the way, if I have any chance, I'll influence him towards A, B, C, D. And what goes on when, when they distance themselves with no specificity, you know it's a hollow distancing. You know it's just a boy came out of the bathroom and the girl who is prissy and mean says, Ooh, he didn't wash his hands. He has cooties. And everybody in the school, grade seven and eight run away from the little boy. And he's like, uh, she wasn't in the bathroom with me. Uh, what are we, what are we talking about? Or even worse than that? She's like, Ooh, he has cooties. And everyone's like, why did he, did he not wash his hands? And she's like, I don't know. Ooh, he has cooties. Why? Well, you know, there were a bunch, there were 15 people trying to jump over the fence and rob us of all of our jewelry. And he said something about it. Oh, he's an, he's a racist. Like, it's just absurd when they could say, they could say we met with her because she spoke properly at the right time and confronted our, our prime minister when no one else would. And on these three policies, we disagree with her on, but we are thankful that she spoke out for Canadians. It's, it's childish behavior. And that's why Tim, it's right in the middle here where you say they don't, they, they don't have any solution because they have no worldview to actually promote sincerely. And again, Leslie Lewis did, I, I'm going to, I'm taking your word for it, that she was a part of this retraction. But again, if this is Leslie Lewis retracting from somebody rather than standing up and saying, wait, I, as a black woman stood with this woman and I can agree with her on Muslim immigration. We are concerned about Muslim extremists getting in to Canada, getting in through the, to the United States through Canada in the same way that Germany is concerned with mass immigration. Nobody has a spine to be specific anymore. So you just name call that. And that's, that's what got me onto this um, for this other club was the fact that as a, an amateur logician, we'll say I'm, I'm an amateur rhetorician and logician. I, that, that was something I took in university. I've had great passion for logic and argumentation my whole life. It's, it served me really well as I study God's word to preach it, as I engage with unbelievers, um, even as I deal with problem solving between people. It's just listening and dealing with specifics and pausing when there's confusion and, and unwrapping it and, and, and pointing out people's inconsistencies. That is what drove me to want to talk about this was that why, why are these adults retreating in this, like you said, the perfect word is child in this childish retreat, instead of saying we're grownups. Of course I knew who she was. And I sat with her and met with her. First of all, on a very pragmatic level, it's very short sighted. <laughs> if you ever want to take another, if you ever want her to take a meeting with you when you're visiting or when you have a political concern or you want something raised in the EU, good luck ever getting that again. I mean, can you imagine sitting down with three friends that you've arranged ahead of time to have dinner with and they're all happy to be with you and you're shaking hands and taking pictures. And then the next day you see a statement like that, that doesn't even mention your name and basically calls you out as a racist, hateful uh, bigot who's not welcome in the country. And these are your friends that you've just had dinner with the night before. And it's like, you didn't have the guts to say it to me. If you believe this stuff, you didn't have the guts to say it to my face. And the voters but see the through it. Comes in and when, what? Everyone sees through it. The voters see through yeah. it. They, yeah. they, they see through you and I, we see through it. You had a meeting and then you, 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 you you're unwilling to own, you own the person you had a meeting with. It, 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 it's as simple as that. And it's again, the conservative party selling out from the top. And it's, it's like a whipped vote, you know, uh, Polly oh, didn't totally. like it and said she should never have come in, in, in the, into the country. And now everybody else has to jump in line and it just means the conservatives are as dead as they always have been, you know, no yep. hope, you know, Polly is no hope at all. Again, totally problematic. I want to, yeah. So I want to jump from that into this 
a, a bit of co- let's say coaching here or just like, okay, let's walk through this together. Um, how can we be the kind of people we want to be? How can we, how can we take this from the microphone, you know, to main street? Um, and that is that you're not going to find an example of this kind of courage, the courage we're looking for. Like I said, like just rent a press room and take questions. And if you don't know the answer to something, say, yeah, haven't looked into that yet. You know, I, I'd be really concerned about that. Or again, this is why, I mean, Christine Anderson, she provided more opposition, uh, which is what the opposition party is literally elected and paid to do is to oppose the, the, the governing party. She provided more of that from overseas than we ever saw from our elected officials in Canada. Of course, until the public tide turned and then Polyev went down and took photos with the convoy, but didn't set foot on Wellington Street once during the three weeks they were there. So where does the courage come from to be the kind of people that we're asking to see in our elected officials? Well, it is it is this idea that you need to have the courage to to interact with an idea. So that involves a couple things. It involves um, number one, understanding the ideas that you believe to to a depth that you could take questions. And I think that sadly is lacking uh, because we don't have high expectations in in terms of worldview or just bare comprehension of the of the civic and moral issues that are required. Uh, to be an elected MP or the moral fabric that's required. Uh, We don't have that. And so you could never imagine someone like Colin Carey. I don't really know who he is. Don't know his name. Don't know how he is in in, in public, but I can't really picture any of our elected officials taking an open press conference on a really touchy issue because none of them have the courage or the, or the know-how to even grapple with the ideas and to provide an alternative. So that's one, you have to know your stuff, which I think is lacking. And I think we can all do better to better understand the issues before we spout off on them. That's, and that you and I, I would want to hold to that standard as well. And number two, you cannot be so thin skinned as to see a statement in this, in the Toronto sun that says they shouldn't have done that and go, Oh, Oh, I shouldn't have. You're they're right. Why? It's like, are you going to base your life, your associations, your strategies, your fellowship, your worship? Are you going to base that on how people that generally disagree with you and hate you are going to react? And so that goes back to the idea of what are the rules? And if you're only allowed to play by the rules that your enemy sets for you, you'll lose the game every time. You ever think about that? So it's like, if you're playing soccer, and, you know, the other team gets to set the rules and they say, hey, so when the ball goes out in our end off of our goalie's hand, instead of you getting the usual corner kick, that's just goalie ball every time. But in your end, we get corner kicks when you knock it out. It's like, would you ever accept that premise? No, because a lot of scoring chances occur from the corners in a, in a soccer match. So, but, but conservatives do this all the time. They let the leftist liberal media and pundits set the rules for who you're allowed to talk to, what you're allowed to think, but, we're, but, but then also believe that we're going to leapfrog them in terms of shaping the culture by playing by their rules and submitting to their standards. And I, and I think that's just a case of we're not thick skinned enough to say, I don't really give a rip what you think. Yeah, fine. You don't like Christine Sanderson. You don't like some of the things that her party leader said. Great. Let's talk about it. But we don't have that either. And we need that open public dialogue and discourse. We need to be comfortable with a little bit of dust being kicked up in the public square um, but it seems the only dust that's worth kicking up is the drama around the idea. It's never on the idea itself. Uh, you know, we just like the squabbling about what colors the, 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 the carpet is, but we don't care about what's actually being said and taught in our halls of power and our educational institutions and our families and so forth. That's my rant. What do you think? I, am I onto something with those two points? You, you are. I really You're love. I I love the fact that you said you wouldn't change the rules, but why do we always go with the left when they change the rules? Let me read you a perfect example of changing the rules to please the left. Okay, so I'm reading from the Toronto Star. Cozying up to German extremist, not a good look for conservatives by Andrew Phillips. Okay. Uh, dated Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. So that's from today. 
Phillips goes on to talk about, we learned last week that three conservative MPs had a chummy lunch with leader of the one of the most extreme parties in European politics. Okay. That's a state, that's an assertion. It's not an argument. So, so, so if you're, if you're a reporter and you really want to educate your people, so Tim and Mike are sitting here, we want to be educated by you. Let's, let's bring up four policy statements from that party that, 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 that people can go, okay. Okay. And, um, then the only two accusation is Anderson is notorious for her anti-immigrant. Okay. Again, 1 million Muslims entering Germany illegally, a, a ton of border problems in the last number of years. It's redonkulous to not think that people there are being concerned. Oh, but wait, that's the same thing that's going on in the US where I am living right now and you're visiting where, uh, you know, the left wants to say, oh, there's no border problem, even though there's hundreds of thousands of people coming illegally into the United States, which changes the fabric. And they won't admit that that's a political plan. Her anti-immigrant views and her anti-Islamic views, again, if you're an atheist or a secular humanist and you've never read anything about Islam or its source materials, then you're just going to throw that out just because it's the popular thing to do. But if you've ever read anything of history, we ought to be concerned about Islam. We ought to be converting people from it through persuasion and the presentation of the gospel. Okay. Regardless. So that makes me right in with Anderson. So again, if Anderson said something really far off, okay, you and I'll have to deal with that later. But right now, anti-immigrant, anti-Islamic views. But here's where you have to see the changing of the rule. L listen to this. Listen, listen to how the conservatives have played right in to their game. So the article goes on to say, now, unlike his recent predecessors as conservative leader, Pierre Polyev obviously doesn't think the path to victory lies in dragging his party into the center. Because just think about, think about that statement. The left has now just framed this entire conversation with Pierre Polyev is trying to drag his party to the right. Which anybody in the right knows is not true. This is an exact example of it not being true. Then she goes, and then he goes on to say, he wants to win from the right and drag the voters over there, but there are limits and embracing a darling of the far, far European right evidently crosses it. So here's what happens. You didn't win. You didn't win. You played their game and their game was, we're going to guilt you. And you immediately run and you say, okay, they changed it. I'm running over to that field where the goalposts are now. I'm super, super sorry. I'm super, super sorry. And they go, <laughs> the goalposts are still on the other field. What are you talking about? We're still going to vilify you, you idiots. Paul, like, we're still going to blatantly lie about you. There is nothing within the conservative party's historic platforms that could not be by identified as center that Pierre Polyev does not agree with. He is obviously trying to drag the party into center. This is why Bill C-4 passed with absolutely no pushback. This is why conservative Christian MPs are always, the vote is whipped. And they keep coming back to us conservative Christians and saying, no, no, we're going to try, we're going to try, we're going to do it. It's a numbers game, we've got to do it. But Never does the conservative party pull back towards the right. It's always towards the center and the left will lie. So this is a perfect example. Hey, everybody, we're going to shame you into denying the fact that you knew anything about this person when you meet it. Great. Great. Then the next week, we're going to write an article totally undermining everything you did. This is obviously a lie. And it basically is you can't win. Right. So so if Polyev, he's he's already been accused of of being the right wing. He's the furthest right uh any conservative politician has ever been. Look at he's trying to win by going right wing. But then the second 
that any of his MPs show any any actual thought toward the right, they all run like cockroaches when you flick the lights on. There's no staying power. There's no stability. There's no conviction. There's no actual right-wing agenda. And you want to talk about vile and extreme views, go read the preamble to Bill C-4. Like this is where the Overton window is so important and we need to pay attention to it because they'll call these, they'll, they'll call uh, Christine Anderson extreme and vile and far, far right. These are all relative terms. Mike, you're really good at distinguishing uh, relative, you know, this versus that near versus far, far, far right relative to us. Like she's just gone. She's so far right wing. And we all know what that means. Basically you're next to Adolf Hitler. Um, and uh, I mean, is there even a such thing as a far, far left anymore? What could Justin Trudeau stand up and identify a far leftist for me? Does such a character even exist in his worldview anymore? I would argue he would have a very hard time answering the question. I would love to stand up as a reporter and say, Justin Trudeau, would you describe an ideology or an, or a group in Canada that represents far left views right now? Because they passed a bill that said it is a myth that there was a such thing as a biological male and female. That is in our criminal code. They are the extreme leftists. That's them. So I don't know who's further left of the federal liberal party. And they're, they're, I, I can't imagine a policy that would outstrip them in leftism. And so it goes back to the idea of what is allowable. What is the acceptable Overton window? And if you if you dare talk about limiting the number of Muslim immigrants to your country, it's a non-starter. You're not allowed. It's far right and it's an extreme. And as soon as they label with you, as soon as they smack you with that rotten uh, tomato, you scurry off the stage and apologize for daring to think outside of the Overton window of what is acceptable. And how in the world are you going to shape a country with that kind of conviction? How, how are you going to pull that window back? How are you going to pull the policies back? That's the real question here. And the point is that you don't win a game. When they say, look, here, here's how you're going to win, okay? Yesterday, you thought you were going to win – by taking the opportunity of meeting with a popular um, conservative uh, European member of parliament and you thought you were going to win by scoring a goal and having everybody realize, look who you stood with who criticized the, the prime minister. No, no, guys, guys, let, let, we got to tell you the rules. It's new rules because you're right. Historically, that might be a good win, you know, to be standing with someone who opposed, like you're, the, you're supposed to be the official opposition. It's great that you stand. But guys, you're missing the rules. The rules are now over here. What you really need to do is apologize and you need to show everybody how super, super sorry you are for having a lack of judgment. Show some humility, please. Show some respect to Muslims. You know, don't ever, ever try to teach immigrants anything or indigenous people anything or anybody outside of anybody other than a Christian anything. Okay. So, but that's how you win, guys. You're, you're really going to win. I, I, we get you. Like, I'm the, we're the Toronto star and we, we really want to show you how it's going to win. So, so they go and they do it. And then they go, okay, wait, wait a minute. No, sorry. You misunderstood. That was just the, the that actually would have been a win. And we're going to, and, and, and we just showed you for the cowards that you are the way the right wins is through the historical legal constitutional foundational ideas embedded in biblical Christianity and stands on the right foundation. And when someone says you're far right, you say, absolutely. And they say, when someone says you're super, super, uber duper far right, you say, absolutely. And then when somebody catches you doing something immoral or sinful, you say, I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. I am, according to the same standard that you are, accountable to God and accountable to my citizens. And this is why, again, I'm going to bring this up, Tim. It's just so important that people see this. When these squish conservatives, when these, when these 
when these tossed back and forth conservatives, they're just like back and forth on the whim of every, on the whim of everything. What they're really telling you is that they're shallow thinkers. They're shallow individuals with no convictions. And where that always leads only leads to the lobbyist groups. It does not lead back to it leads to the lobbyist groups and the uh, and the uh, the establishment of the of the uh, of the state. It does not lead back to principled conservative constitutional thinking. I say this with all due respect to other world religions. There are elements of truth in lots of different teachings, but those truths are always perverted and twisted to the point that they become an untruth. And if you are promoting another religion other than that of Christianity, you are a deceived person. And there is permission within the civil law for you to have your views. But there is not this equaling of all worldviews. If there is a worldview that says reincarnation is a real thing, and there is another worldview that says uh, we will stand before God and give an account, and there is another worldview that says there is no afterlife, those three competing ideas are not mutually able to be true at the same time, and nor can someone's prop them up and say, yes, they're all equal and valuable because that statement in itself is, is nonsense. So again, when these, what, what Tim, what we're really talking about, I just want to go back to this whole thing of opportunism and retreatism. Okay. So opportunism is when somebody takes an opportunity to identify with you because of your success. And retreatism is when someone shows favoritism to other people. So let me just read some scriptures that have to do with opportunism and retreatism. So Joshua 23, 7, do not associate with nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of other gods and swear by them. You must not serve the other gods and bow down. Proverbs 22, 24, do not make friends with a hot tempered man. I do not associate with one easily angered. Romans chapter 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and do not be conceited. Second Thessalonians three fourteen. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him and do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. We go to uh, we go to if uh, Isaiah fifty three where we are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and it says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. And so I've read back and forth there. Scripture is very clear that if someone is immoral. You disassociate from them. And if they, if now it's not immoral, just on a general out there, don't talk about specifics. It's not immoral in the sense of like, don't confront them to see if you can teach them and disciple them. It is if someone is immoral and repeatedly uh, rejects truth be, or hot tempered, then be careful not to be chum chum with them. On the flip side of it, we see from Christ how people will just disassociate themselves when it doesn't look good for them. Or we see when people might disassociate themselves where they're in a low position. And I would argue with you that any far-right position, uh, far-right politician is in a low position when it comes to the global world of, of, of politics. Yep. Global favor. Yeah. The those are a, that's a perfect encapsulation of what we're talking about, which is that you are accountable to a higher standard than what Warren Kinsella thinks 
or the editorial board at the Toronto Star. You're accountable to a higher standard, Leslin Lewis and Colin Carey, and I forget the other guy's name. You're accountable to a higher standard. Uh, say again. Dean Allison, you're accountable to a higher standard. So when you sit down with Christine Anderson, because you want to show, uh, you want to thank her for standing up for Canadians who were underrepresented um, during the, the, the COVID lockdowns and the vaccine mandates, and you want to sit with her and thank her for speaking out in a very unpopular fashion, and, and frankly, something I think a lot more people were thinking than saying out loud. If you want to meet with her and honor her, then do so. But how two-faced is it to turn around and turn coat as soon as the media dares raise an eyebrow at you? And that is what we, where we would go back to the scriptures and say, you're actually commanded to a higher moral accountability. That you need to evaluate why you met, who the person is, and whether or not anybody is justified with, with their concern over you. If you've evaluated the situation and based on the circumstances, it was the right thing to give her honor where it was due. And you can say, yeah, and we also had a chance to debate some other matters that are uh, of concern to Canadians and this is what they were. Then do that. But you do not have the right to bow down to the, to the ever-changing and hypocritical and, frankly, garbage standards of, of, the, uncriti of, the, uh, of the unaccountable media, which, by the way, is subsidized and paid for by the guy that Christine Anderson was lambasting. I mean, the whole thing is so sordid and so corrupt that we need the scriptures to cut through that and say if we could have politicians operate according to these standards, we would have a much healthier and less fragile Canadian society. And, and the divisiveness that Andrew Coyne is lamenting all the time about how polarized and extreme the views are in Canada, we would have a lot less of that if people were allowed to actually debate ideas. And if we were actually allowed to associate with people who aren't necessarily as popular as they might have been 15 years ago and say, hey, your views are still valid and what you said was valuable to Canadians. Um, and so I, I do appreciate the, the relevance of those passages. And we would have a lot less of it if you would stop moving so far to the dang left. Yeah. Like that's the whole like point. We're talking that. at a time where you are in your mid thirties. I am in my mid forties and the people we're referencing will say, according to criminal code in Canada, that men and women don't actually exist. Wow, they themselves would identify as being men and women. It's, it is insanity, it is upside down, and it is perversion. And it is politicians taking opportunity. So here's a lesson for you conservative politicians. Number one, here you go. I hope somebody is listening. Number one, if you're going to do a photo op to take the opportunity to win your constituents either actually want to own the person because you're actually going to honor them or at least fully well understand what you're getting into before you try to just be a slime ball opportunist. Number two, when you do that, stop being deceived by the left that if they write a mean article about you, that if you do what they tell you to do, they'll write a nice article about you. They never do. Why do you believe them? Number three, get a worldview and start telling people about your worldview. Leslie Lewis, if you're a Christian, then be a Christian and criticize Buddhism, Islam, and all of the other world religions that you have legitimate bones with about, and talk about how you do not want those world religions to reign in your country. Talk about the permissions and the, the way that we can have civil discourse about it and the legal limitations. Talk about all these things, but stop pretending that all worldviews are valuable. If you're a politician in Canada, you would better get a worldview and then tell us about it so we can vote or not vote for you. If you want to be a great Muslim uh, politician, tell us about your worldview and we'll have faith-filled, 
conversations. That's it. Tim, if they don't get a worldview, it just goes back. Like they're not even shrewd. Like we started with like the dumbest thing you could do and then went to like the most reasonable thing you could do. Like, let's just not be dumb about who we meet with. Let's honor them if we're going to really honor them. Let's not just give in to the Toronto Star, which is a left propagandist machine. And actually, the most difficult thing is figure out what you actually think about these things. In the spirit of the other club, and the hour is getting late, and so we'll have to wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to bring Winston Churchill uh, back into the conversation as a, a matter of exhortation to our he may not want uh, to associate with our retreatists. I wonder if Winston Churchill is, will distance himself from us after you read this quote. He like, probably will. will he, maybe his Twitter account will come out with an, an official disclaimer, a disavowal. Uh, there is no such thing as public opinion. There is only published opinion. And so when you are standing up for something, uh, be sure of what you're standing up for. And when the media attacks it, it is not a reflection of whether you're winning or losing. And it is a game that you cannot win uh, when you dance to the rules and the beat of the leftists. And so uh, that's my final word. Thanks for listening to The Other Club. Uh, Mike, Mike, sign us out. Everybody, we have just started this show. We thank you for your feedback so far. Worldview issues are a big discussion. Uh, if you have any ideas about what we should be talking about, what you want to hear us talk about, maybe put them in the comments below. Um, we sincerely hope that you are blessed by navigating these conversations. So uh, share this video out. Maybe share this video with Leslin Lewis and Dean Allison. That would be great. Someone has a, a way in there so they wouldn't keep doing this, uh, keep flipping and flopping. Pierre. I'd love if Pierre watched this. That'd be funny. I wonder how many times he could use the word vile to describe us. He's a vile, vile, vile. Like uh, he's the guy, I would love to sit with him and deal with him. Anyhow, thanks. For, I ruined the ending of the show by saying that. You sign off. We'll the Dining Club Wednesday. is done for the day. Goodbye. We'll see you Wednesday. Friends, we're posting new content multiple times every week throughout our various shows on this channel. So you're going to want to subscribe to it and hit that notification bell. That way you stay up to date with everything that we're releasing here with the Liberty Coalition Canada.